just when I think I'm out, Oklahoma pulls me back in. And such is the case for one Aaron Parks. And Oklahoma will tell you why on this episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Welcome in. It is Locked On Sooners, your team every single day right here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Josh Helmer, and this episode brought to us by FanDuel Sportsbook. Check them out, fanduel.com backslash locked on. Well, that's right. Just when you thought you were out, Oklahoma, they pull you back in. Such is the case for one uh, offensive lineman, Aaron Parks, who on Wednesday, put his name into the transfer portal and not even, I think a full 48 hours later uh, comes back and says, you know what? Wait a second. Uh, I've had a change of heart. I am taking my name out of the transfer portal. Actually uh, the official social media tweet that he put out was I'm chasing a national championship hashtag boomer sooner. And then the, uh, the, picture in the tweet that he tossed out there had another little note attached to it it said sooner nation every setback is an invitation to grow to evolve and to come back better with that being said i'm back boomer sooner ap55 for uh, obviously aaron parks aaron parks for oklahoma not somebody that uh, you you look at and you say okay automatically factors in to be a starter for ou at either tackle or guard uh, here's somebody that really throughout his career has played sparingly action in five games last season. And of course, most notably in the cheese it bowl, when uh, you were without Wanya Morris, when you were without Anton Harrison going in, when that duo made their decision to opt out, that was really uh, the moment for Aaron parks to shine. And even then it came after Jacob Sexton early in the contest, uh, who was slated chosen to start in the cheese it bowl gets hurt. So, uh, Parks wasn't the initial choice to start in that football game, but played in the game. And I think as you graded out what was a different look offensive line for Oklahoma, okay, six sacks. We've talked a lot about that coming out of the cheese it Bowl immediately and in the weeks and months since. That's a number that, uh, sure, six sacks, not going to make anybody feel great, but how about what Gavin Sawchuk was able to do in that game? How about what Javante Barnes was able to to do in that game? Oklahoma ran the ball extremely effectively in the game. A pair of 100-yard rushers in Barnes and in Sawchuck. And Parks was a big part of that for Oklahoma. So what does this mean for OU? I think, uh, number one, the, the obvious is, okay, we feel like Oklahoma is going to be in a pretty good spot at the tackle position with Walter Rouse who you went and got out of the transfer portal. That was a big-time transfer portal recruiting win for OU. Remember, Tyler Guyton is somebody that you hear uh, not even myself or John or Locked On Sooners. Uh, You've heard it from us, but uh, not even just the local guys on and uh, local women, the local reporters on the Oklahoma beat saying it. But you hear that that national buzz for Tyler Guyton as somebody that – has the type of athleticism to potentially 
do what Awanye Morrison and Anton Harrison just just recently here at the offensive tackle positions for Oklahoma did morph himself into based on sheer athleticism and NFL draft pick very, very quickly with a good 2023 campaign. And that could be the case for for Walter Rouse as well. So probably we feel like those are the two starters on the respective outsides at tackle for Oklahoma. And then uh, the name that we talked about as well in Sexton, who of course is coming off of that ACL injury, the returns that you hear on that front are positive for Oklahoma. I think the expectation is that Sexton's got a chance to, to be back uh, pretty quickly. But when you're talking about an ACL injury, I know that the, the medicals, the science is much better today than it was uh, however many years ago. Uh, the, the way you recover is, is obviously it's better than it used to be. And so it's not crazy to think that Sexton could be back and maybe full go by the time you, you boot off 2023 or shortly thereafter. That being said, you just look at the offensive tackle board for Oklahoma and OU's in a better situation with Aaron Parks as a part of that offensive tackle room for Oklahoma. Here's somebody in Aaron Parks as well, by the way, that uh, coming out of high school was a guard. You know, you look at the recruiting rankings and Aaron Parks was, was a guard coming out of high school and could factor in at offensive guard for Oklahoma if called upon. So you just look at the, the overall situation for OU and if it is Rouse, if it is Guyton, which I think most people would sign up for right here today, I think a lot of people still feel good about Sexton working back from the injury and being ready to roll once the season gets underway. Caden Green, a blue-chip freshman signee that people are really, really excited about. If you've got that group, that, that core set of four, you still feel really nice adding Aaron Parks into the mix there, whether that's one of the backup roles for either Rouse or Guyton or just another name that you toss into the mix on the interior of the offensive line for Oklahoma. Savion Bird's a name that I'm really excited about. McCade Mataugher is uh, obviously going to be in the mix at one of the offensive guards for Oklahoma. Caleb Schaefer, somebody that uh, you went and got as well out of the transfer portal, a name to watch at guard. Uh, Jake Taylor, uh, Troy Everett. I mean, all of those names that you're looking at on the interior of Oklahoma's offensive line. But could an Aaron Parks, could he still be a name that based on some of what we saw again in that bowl game where I just, I loved the tenacity that Oklahoma's offensive line played with. Again, the the six sacks don't have to keep running in circles on that point. I, I You get it. I get it. Everybody gets it. That's a number that uh, obviously needs to improve, but just the the physicality that Oklahoma played with at the point of attack, I thought that was one of the most encouraging signs of the Cheez-It Bowl versus Florida State. And again, Aaron Parks, a big part of that. So whether it's a tackle, whether it's a guard, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Aaron Parks could be part of that top five for Oklahoma or top eight or nine, whatever number you want to say on the the you know frontline starters for Oklahoma or that two deep for Oklahoma at the offensive line. So somebody that on Wednesday makes the decision, hey, I'm entering the transfer portal, and then a couple of short days later decides, you know what, I want to be a part of tracking down a national championship. I want to be a part of tracking down conference championships, this uh, Big 12 championship with Oklahoma. In a world where there's so much changing in terms of musical musical chairs left and right for folks, I think it's okay to stop and applaud Aaron Parks for saying, you know what, made a decision to enter the portal, maybe didn't hear 
necessarily everything that I was hoping to hear or thought that I was going to hear straight away. Or maybe I just, as I heard from a couple of folks, stepped back and thought, you know what? I do want to come back to the University of Oklahoma. So I think it's worth celebrating Aaron Parks for making the decision to come back to OU. And I don't think it's something that we just turn our nose up at either and say, hey, Walter Rouse, Tyler Guyton, guaranteed starters, and then the interior of the offensive line, guaranteed starters. If it's a depth piece for Oklahoma, Aaron Parks very much a welcome piece back, and I think an important piece perhaps back for Oklahoma in 2023. So it looked like maybe the transfer portal was going to take it away from Oklahoma and its offensive line. Instead, the transfer portal, because of Aaron Parks' decision to explore but come right back, the transfer portal giveth right back to Bill Bedenboe in Oklahoma. And again, I don't think this is just necessarily something that you just say is uh, light news for Oklahoma. I think this is potentially a big deal, a really good piece of news for Oklahoma. Commitments that uh, we still haven't gotten to dive into just yet. Names we've been talking about, well, at least one of them quite a bit in Xavier Robinson, in-state kid. What do these mean for Oklahoma? We'll dive into that. But first, let me tell you, FanDuel Sportsbook. That's right, FanDuel.com backslash locked on, where you can dive into the action or take your first cut at the action, your first swing at betting Major League Baseball over at FanDuel, where you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose back. So that's 200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All of those fun little prop bets. Yeah, they're there. They're available, and it's all available on a on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. Nobody wants to wait around for their cash, right? Give me my winnings now, and you'll get that with uh, FanDuel. That is uh, FanDuel Sportsbook, fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. So a couple of commitments that we uh, haven't gotten to dive into just yet here on Locked On Sooners. And I know we're backtracking just a moment on this, but l- let's explore this. Xavier Robinson, uh, in-state kid for Oklahoma, and OU wins out on the commitment here for Xavier Robinson. The, the primary competitor was, of course, Iowa State in this uh, recruitment for Xavier Robinson, though Oklahoma State got a final official visit for Robinson, so they tried to make a push late. Oklahoma State did, and yet Iowa State, all along in this recruitment, Oklahoma was playing catch-up. And, and actually, a number of these other schools that were in on this list for Xavier Robinson were playing catch-up, too because Iowa State was the first FBS offer by a couple of months for everyone. So those those relationships for Xavier Robinson with Iowa State, they were legitimate, they were strong, and it wasn't just an easy Oklahoma wins out in this recruitment for Xavier Robinson. So that part, the some of the names that Oklahoma beat out in this recruitment, again, Iowa State, as we discussed, Oklahoma State. How about Colorado, Houston, Kansas, Kansas State, and, and Notre Dame was in on the mix for Xavier Robinson for a little bit there. So some big-time Power 5 names and obviously some, some big-time Power 5 names within the region for Oklahoma that uh, the Sooners were – able to beat out in this recruitment for Xavier Robinson. Uh, If you don't know, then uh, you should know Xavier Robinson with Carl Albert, a lot of rushing yards a season ago to the tune of 
2,594 rushing yards, 39 rushing touchdowns, 185 yards per game. And, uh, of course, he was a part with Carl Albert of uh, something that they've done a lot of, and that's win a state championship. And uh, all of a sudden, he's going to be a part of a pretty exciting football team this next year, too, with Kevin Sperry arriving as well. That's going to be a team that uh, a lot of people in the Metro will want to follow. But uh, Xavier Robinson, I really, you know, the more and more that I watch of Xavier Robinson, I I like uh, the upright running style. He was asked in, you know, after he committed – I don't know if he was prompted or if he just talked about Adrian Peterson of his own volition. The video that I saw had it spliced up. So I, I would imagine maybe he was prompted about what he knew about the uh, Oklahoma football and Adrian Peterson came to mind, but you know, I don't, obviously you don't say this <laughs> without understanding what you're saying, but dare I say just kind of the way he runs looks like in Adrian Peterson. Now, Adrian Peterson's, of course, a special talent. I'm not saying that Xavier Robinson overnight's turning into Adrian Peterson, but that upright running style, there's some some similarities there, which is uh, kind of fun. Or, you know, your, your all-time upright type rushers. That's the style that Xavier Robinson runs with. It's, it's fun. I think he's got a nice change of direction to him. He's definitely a uh, legitimate big-time athlete. I like the fact that you look at what maybe this running back commit group is going to wind up being for Oklahoma. OU folks still leads for Caden Durham. Oklahoma still leads for Taylor Tatum. If you look at just the, the crystal balls that are out there, the rivals future cast that are out there, the on three predictions that are out there, it feels like there's still some pretty strong momentum that this could be a three running backs commits class for Oklahoma and don't just immediately say, okay, Durham and Tatum, because of the recruiting rankings, are going to wind up being better backs than Xavier Robinson. Tatum looks like a very, very special talent. But, man, I'm telling you, because Xavier Robinson does different things, because he's that upright, punishing, physical runner, and because of things we've talked about in the past right here on this channel, that you can never have too many running backs, right? You can never have too many guys divvying up the carries, too many guys that take the wear and tear off of one another. So, so that part of it, the fact that Xavier Robinson is a different runner than both a Caden Durham and a Taylor Tatum, if and when hopefully that comes to fruition in this class, that's something that Oklahoma fans should be very, very excited about. Go flip on the tape. You will be, you will be fired up about what Xavier Robinson brings to this class for Oklahoma. I liked uh, a lot of what he had to say in, in his, uh, post-commitment ceremony as well with uh, Sooners Illustrated, I think, is the video that I saw, though I'm sure there's all sorts of coverage out there from a number of different Oklahoma entities. So don't want to uh, shortchange anybody, but I just saw it from Sooners Illustrated, so proper credit where proper credit is due. He said uh, he's ready to start being a recruiter in this class for Oklahoma. Everybody likes that, right? When you have somebody that commits and they say, yes, I will be getting on the phone. And there's a couple of names that I've got earmarked. And a couple of those names for Robinson were, well, David Stone, who everybody wants to commit in this class to get on the phone with. And then uh, he said Michael Patterson McDonald. That that was another name that came to mind for somebody that immediately, he, he's, he's getting after it. He's trying to convince these guys to come be a part of it. And I liked what he said, too, in this regard. He said uh, the quote, 
they're on the way and not not specifically about those two and David Stone and Michael Patterson McDonald just in in general terms about turning into a recruiter for Oklahoma he said these uh these players they're on the way they just don't know it yet so I like that uh about Robinson I think that's kind of fun and again uh you know you look at how he's rated consensus three-star kid uh top 40 running back according to 24 7 sports rivals and espn and a top 15 talent in the state of oklahoma by everybody that's 24 7 sports rivals on three espn and i'm gonna round up here a top five running back or, or top five player i should say excuse me a top five player in the state of oklahoma per 24 7 rivals and espn so there's xavier robinson wyatt gilmore who is wyatt gilmore feel like probably Oklahoma fans going into this commitment maybe hadn't heard as much about Wyatt Gilmore, and yet uh, you should be excited about Wyatt Gilmore too. Here's somebody, I was reading Gabe Brooks's comments over at 24-7 Sports' recruiting breakdown, and uh, just real, real quickly off the top, Wyatt Gilmore, four-star kid, according to 24-7 Sports, number 22 edge nationally, uh, edge type, uh, obviously defensive end edge rusher is, uh, what they say when they say edge, uh, number two player in Minnesota per 24, seven sports and a top 10 player from the state of Minnesota by every recruiting service, top three player in the state of Minnesota, according to 24, seven rivals and ESPN. So thought very, very highly of out of the state of Minnesota in terms of folks that are going to move on into major college football. Wyatt Gilmore in the state of Minnesota is regarded as one of the best out of the state of Minnesota. His list, uh, some of the schools that Oklahoma won out over, uh, the perceived, I guess, other front runners here would have been Miami and Minnesota, though uh, listen to all these other northern schools that were in the mix. Uh, no small feat, right, when you, you're winning recruiting wars over schools that are closer, have a little bit more of that home field advantage. Iowa, Iowa State, uh, both Kansas and Kansas State are are closer for Gilmore out of uh, Minnesota. Missouri, Nebraska, Purdue, Wisconsin. So a, a bunch of those schools that were a little bit closer, Oklahoma wins out over. And Oregon, by the way, was in this uh, recruitment mix as well for Wyatt Gilmore. I liked what uh, Gabe Brooks said, though. Said uh, has added some good weight to get up to the – 24/7 Sports has uh, Gilmore listed six foot four, 240 pounds, and initially when he went through his uh, I guess camp evaluations, I don't know if this was probably I'm guessing the summer of 2022 that uh, at 220, you know, great first step, very athletic in that regard, has a self-reported 35 inch vertical jump. So this is somebody in Gilmore that yes he's a leaper he can jump and that shows up in that first step explosive first step one thing you like hearing added that good weight 20 pounds and the explosiveness per Brooks and others that have been on the evaluation scene still there first step still very explosive has added that good weight and looks like the same athlete as before and actually there was uh, some talk I don't think this is going to be the case I think that I think that Gilmore translates outside for Oklahoma, but there's uh, some talk from some of the evaluators that here's somebody in Gilmore that actually could maybe move inside 
a little bit for Oklahoma or others if uh, down the road he wanted to, or if coaching staffs down the road wanted to, that it looks like he's added that weight on in a fashion to where maybe that could be a possibility. But I think the plan for Oklahoma will be edge rush defensive end for Wyatt Gilmore. So all of a sudden you look at where Oklahoma's at in this recruiting class and climbing up those charts, climbing up those charts with 11 commits overall now in this class, 32nd nationally. And you just think about the little rash of commitments that Oklahoma has been on. We talked about it in our last episode with Ivan Carrion, a flip from Texas Tech there. But before that, commitments from James Nesta, commitment from Dozy Azukama, uh, another wide receiver in this class. And then, of course, Gilmore and Robinson here and You think about those big-time blue-chip commitments down the road, perhaps, that could be out there with a David Stone, with a Winery, and with some others that uh, obviously are big-time targets in this class for Oklahoma. And this thing feels like it's, yeah, it's trending once again. Top 10 class for OU. It's on that similar trajectory. Now, need those big-time commitments that we spent so much time talking about to be the – I don't even want to say the cherry on top, but just the uh, meat and potatoes of this class for Oklahoma. And you've got some other really, really good pieces in it. So I think there's some, some parts to be excited about here in this class in both Robinson and Gilmore. And then just uh, this little flurry that Oklahoma has been on, on the recruiting trail. Phil still, what has Phil still got to say about Oklahoma? I'll be curious to get John's thoughts on this in detail when he gets back from vacation. But Phil Still, you know this, author of what some consider to be the off-season Bible of college football and maybe the in-season Bible of college football, but definitely one of the most popular uh, long-running college football preview magazines out there. Phil Still, he uh, he's in that mix, right? Uh, maybe the greatest college football magazine uh just based on sheer longevity. But what does he have to say about Oklahoma? His uh, his magazine just dropped. And he's got Oklahoma as the number two most improved team heading into this 2023 season. Yeah, I would say music to the years of Oklahoma fans. And that's kind of what we've been hoping and saying, that Oklahoma's got a good chance for that to be the case. If Oklahoma is the number two most improved team in the country, Dare I say, if that's what happens for Oklahoma, that they're going to be right in the thick of the mix to win the Big 12 championship, to accomplish a lot of the things that we're hopeful that Oklahoma can do in 2023. I mean, I I would say so. I don't know who – I don't have the list in front of me from Phil Still, who he has as the number one most improved team in the country. But you tell me that Oklahoma is the second most improved team in the country, and I'm going to say that OU's got a chance to go play in that Big 12 championship game and – and very seriously contend for a college football playoff berth. I think that would have to be the case. Uh, here's the rest of what Phil still has to say about Oklahoma, by the way. He's got OU ranked second best out of uh, all the six Big 12 teams that he has inside of his preseason top 40. Not preseason top 25, taking this thing out just a little bit further, but preseason top 40. He's got OU number 20. He's got Oklahoma, he's got Oklahoma number 20. Texas is 11th. TCU 25th. Kansas State 29th and Texas Tech 39th. Uh, Again, he's got Oklahoma as one of his surprise teams going into this season, which if you're saying most 
improved teams for Oklahoma, I guess probably that means you're going to be one of the most surprising teams to some, just because uh, a lot of folks, I guess, are still in that wait and see with Oklahoma. And it is what it is. You're coming off a six and seven season. So, well, you know, anything that approaches or eclipses double figure wins, not saying it's going to be surprising to me. I expect that for Oklahoma going into this season, but uh, for others, yeah, perhaps that that could be surprising out there. But uh, he's got Oklahoma number eight. Phil still does in that list of 2023 surprise teams. Uh, Texas, uh, he must be really high on Texas. He's got Texas number three on that surprise team list. And interestingly enough, TCU number 11 on that list. Uh, so I guess just surprisingly still still good for TCU, according to uh, Phil still. Uh, some of the reasons why he has a positive outlook for Oklahoma going into this season per Phil still, he says uh, Vittables knows defense and uh, was unhappy with how that group performed a year ago. Uh, yeah, you can say that again. I would imagine that Brent Vittables understands that uh, the defense, not where he wants it, wanted it to be a season ago. Uh, he cites Oklahoma's rebuild remaking of the roster. Uh, we know that 56 of the 71 players who played in the Bob Stoops coached Alamo Bowl, gone from the roster, or just, I guess, uh, the 71 players that uh, not who played in the Alamo Bowl, but that were a part of, I guess, traveling uh, to the Alamo Bowl. 56 of the 71, uh, it's an overhaul, baby. The Sooner offensive unit, still a potent group, uh, per Phil still. And of course, Dylan Gabriel is back at quarterback to lead that. He likes the running back position uh, for Oklahoma. And then the schedule for Phil still. He, he notes the 2023 schedule is favorable, which we've, uh, if you've been following along on Locked On Sooners, yeah, it, it is a favorable schedule for Oklahoma. Don't see Kansas State. You don't see Baylor. You don't see Texas Tech, who a lot of people, and again, Right here, Phil still has in his uh, preseason top 40 in the Red Raiders. So, I mean, that's a couple of teams in there that a lot of people think are going to be toward the top of the standings in the Big 12, and Oklahoma doesn't have them on their schedule. And, oh, by the way, per Phil still, uh, the Sooners only play one top team in the Big 12. That's Texas away from home. So his uh, breakdown, I think this is kind of interesting, his uh, – position breakdowns for Oklahoma. And like I said, when John's back from vac vacation, we can do a deep dive, revisit this, what John thinks about it. And, uh, you know, maybe what we think is appropriate in terms of these position rankings or what we would change. But here's just your top to bottom breakdown of uh, how Phil still feels Oklahoma's position groups stack up versus the rest of the big 12 quarterback. He has ranked second and 21st nationally running back. He's got Oklahoma ranked tied first. I think there's a good chance, yeah, that with Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk and, and Smothers and Hicks and uh, Major that, yeah, Oklahoma's got a chance to be really, really good at running back in the backfield. Receivers, you know, there's probably quite a few people that wouldn't feel this way that Phil Steele does. I like to see that he's got Oklahoma where he's got him. He's got him third in the Big 12 right now, and I'd say there would probably be a lot of other people out there that would be a little bit more skeptical about Oklahoma's position group there. Offensive line, uh, again, not as concerned maybe as others would be about the loss of uh, Awanye Morris and Anton Harrison. He's got Oklahoma's offensive line second in the Big 12. How about this? Defensive line tied first for Oklahoma. He's also uh, high on Oklahoma's defensive backs at third. And then this would be the one that I'd like to dive into with John. Uh, you know, I guess it's just wait until you see a little bit more. 
But with Danny Stutzman back, with uh, Canick possibly emerging, with uh, Kobe McKenzie and, and some of the other names, Kip Lewis, whoever you would look at, at linebacker there, along with the Desan McCola, if you mix McCola into the linebackers, uh, if you don't say cheetahs, just like your hybrid safety, if you mix that in with linebacker, which I think most of us would, he's got Oklahoma back at five at linebacker. So a little bit further down the board, but some interesting thoughts from Phil Steele. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Sooners. Don't go anywhere, though, folks. We got plenty more. There's so much on the recruiting trail, some news and nuggets out there, folks that have tossed Oklahoma into uh, their final top four, top five, so on and so forth, some big decision days coming up out on the recruiting trail, and uh, plenty else we can talk about with Oklahoma football and more. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some positive uh, softball news before we know it right here. But, hey, that's going to do it from a partner, John Williams. I'm Josh Elmer. Until next time, Boomer Sooner, everybody.